Blog Talk Radio. Talk Box Radio. Talk Box Radio. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to Talk Box Radio. I'm your host, Lisa Earhart. Today's topic is social media and marketing for audiobook narration with my special returning guest, Sean Pratt. Sean Pratt has been a working actor for over 30 years. He's been an audiobook narrator for 20 years, a.k.a. Lloyd James, recording over 850 books in almost every genre and has received eight Audiophile Magazine Earphones Awards and five Audi nominations from the Audio Publishers Association. Currently, Sean coaches performers on audiobook narration technique, as well as teaching classes on and writing articles about the business of the biz. You can find him at SeanPrattPresents.com. In today's episode, Sean will cover the ins and outs of using social media to further your narration career, the how and why of marketing to build your brand and gain new clients, and the do's and don'ts of networking audio publishers and authors in order to find books that haven't been recorded yet. And now, without further ado, I'd like to welcome my special returning guest, Sean Pratt, to the show. Sean, welcome back. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Sean. So you wanted to start our talk here uh, before social media and marketing for audiobook narration. You want to talk a little bit about how you're feeling (laughs) and what you're doing about it. Right. Um, So let's see. Uh, I've recently relocated to Oklahoma City. And having lived on the East Coast for the last uh, 25 years, um, I finally got used to all the pollen out there. And then I moved back home to Oklahoma City, and all the pollen's different. So my allergies went in, went haywire uh, about two weeks ago with everything starting to uh, bloom. And it got so bad that it led to getting a really bad uh, head cold this last week uh, that set me packing off into bed, which sort of revealed and, – and once I got the cold, I lost my voice. And um, – it sort of revealed the Achilles heel of being a voiceover talent, especially with audiobooks, um, <clears throat> because once your voice goes, that's it. You can't fake that. You can't, you know, when I was a theater actor, I used to do a five-show weekend with the flu, with running a temperature. I'd just get out there, get on, get the costume, and you know, stand up and say your lines, and then go lay, lay back down mm-hmm. in the back, you know, in the cot, or if you're on the movie set, sit in your trailer. Um, but you know, the mic is very unforgiving. And um, the, uh, the 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 term is called vocal match. You have to sound mm-hmm. consistent day in day out while you're working on a book. And um, the problem I had was I was doing an A-list title for Tantor Media, still am because I haven't finished it, and it was due uh, this Monday, uh, this last mm-hmm. Monday. And um, I uh, I called them up and said, look, I don't have a voice, and I'll keep you posted. And uh, you know they were checking on me every day. And so finally, on, uh, I guess, Thursday or Friday, they said, well, you know, what's going on? Can you give us an ETA? So I sent them a voice sample of how I sounded. Uh, You know, I literally picked up from where I was recording, so I had a couple of sentences in the old voice, how I I usually sound, and then I picked Mm -hmm. it up right in the middle of the text where I sounded like now, and they immediately emailed me back and said, oh, God, don't talk anymore. Go back to bed. (laughs) And... uh, because you just can't fake it. You can't. You can't fake that sound. It, it has to be, you know, spot on. 
Um, so what are so some this, things the, that you can do to um, improve your health quickly? Oh, well, the first thing is don't get sick. Um, and I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not being glib. I mean, you know, uh, you know, eat right, get a lot of sleep. If you smoke, you should stop. If you, you know, drink moderately. Um, you know, I, I tell my students, I never shout. I, I, I you know, right. never blow your voice out by going to a basketball yeah. or football game and screaming. Uh, try mm-hmm. not to yell at your kids. And then, um, you know, so and keep, stay hydrated all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, so it's actually more preventive care than because once you're sick, you're sick. And it's going to, you know, it's a virus. It's going to take its own course. So you have to be able to uh, weather that as quickly as possible. So during the winter months, I live 24-7 with the humidifiers running in the house uh-huh. because, the H, you know, the HVAC in your house will just dry everything out. So I have right. one, two, three of them. And they go 24 hours a day to See, maintain. That's a good tip. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I drink a ton of water. You know, at least a gallon. I drink about a gallon of water a day. And um, now you were mentioning in the last episode throat coat, which is a tea, mm-hmm. which is very, very good. For yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I ordered by the case <laughs> from Amazon. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I ordered by, and I, I usually mix it up with either peppermint tea or lemon zinger. And uh, make a pot of it every morning, and a pot in the afternoon, and I sip on it all day long. And uh, the throat coat is—it's a—you know—we also um, this was a trick I learned in the theater. We uh, we called it a, a Sunday matinee miracle. Sunday the Sunday matinee was usually our last show yeah. of the week, mm-hmm. and um, so we would get a little spray bottle, and uh, and then you'd fill it. You take a shot of whiskey and throw it in the spray bottle and fill the rest of it up with water and use it as a little – because the alcohol would soothe your cords just enough to get through the show without getting oh, really? tipsy. Yeah. Oh. It's, a, it's a cheap way to get – you know, as opposed to the throat you know, spray, the chloroseptic or whatever. It was a cheap way of getting through a show that way. Um, if you ran out of everything else, you could always do that. That's an old okay, but we're not advocating too. people be drinking before they do their voiceover yeah. gigs, right? <laughs> Sean, yeah. well, Sean exactly. Pratt said right. alcohol right. is That's really right. good for the vocal cords. Mm-hmm. So, so well, <laughs> on behalf of myself and all of our listeners, we hope you get better real soon. Yeah, <laughs> so, so do I. I've got to get so done. And for Tantor's sake, too, I hope I get done. But the bigger yeah. point, too, is... If you are in that position as a narrator, I get this question all the time. Yes. If something comes up and you lose your voice or it's, it's yeah. you've blown it out, the first mm-hmm. thing you do is get mm-hmm. on the phone or get on the email and contact the publisher, contact the producer. Say, look, this is what's happened. You know, and, mm-hmm. and here's the thing. They deal with this issue all the time. Of course. This is not you know, unique. And, but yeah. they appreciate the candor. And uh-huh. so instead of you trying to – yeah, because some narrators will try to – you know, oh yeah, well uh, my computer's down, or yeah, this oh. thing happened, no, or worse, we're talking, al- we're talking alternate facts here. You mean alternate yes, facts? Yes, alternate facts, <laughs> alternate reality, and <laughs> yeah, and or they'll continue to record the book, and then oh, the book no. comes in and it sounds terrible, and because they're uh, afraid, they think, oh, they'll fire me. No, they're not going to fire you. Yeah. Just okay. tell them what's going on. That, you know. Well, maybe they're happened. afraid they'll. They'll be replaced by somebody else. They'll say, well, forget about it. We're going to get somebody else to do it because we're under a deadline. Well, now, there are, there are situations. I've mm-hmm. had situations in the past where um, I've actually encouraged clients to do that. 
In fact, Tantor was one several years ago when I got sick. I had the bronchitis and a sinus infection. I normally don't get sick. This is the first time in about three years I've been sick. And I, I was coming down with it, and I had two books back-to-back for them. And I said, look, uh, this is going to knock me out. I strongly recommend you find other narrators for this project before it becomes due. And so they did, and they they appreciated the candor. See, you know, And I did, you. that didn't ruin my – that only strengthened my relationship with them because See, I didn't try to stuff tip. it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So shall we launch into social media marketing for audiobook narration? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so the first thing that uh, I was, I would recommend doing, um, the, really the two largest platforms that I've found, both for myself professionally and what I what I've, my, I've seen my students use, are Facebook yeah. and Twitter. Now you can use okay. Snapchat, you can be on Instagram or Pinterest, and those are mm-hmm. those are also fine. But you have to be careful because, you know, it, there are so many platforms out there to potentially be on. Mm-hmm. that what happens is you can spend hours and hours of your day, you know, working on posting stuff and mm-hmm. it begins to, be, there, there, there can be a diminished return just, you know, to keep that many balls in the air uh, can really just, uh, it, it can be too much. So, so in other words, you, spread, money, you can spread yourself out too thin if you're doing too much posting. Yes. On too many. Well, because, well, you know, you've got, you've got a, even though it's the same item, and I'll talk about that here in a moment, okay. mm-hmm. even though it's the same item you're posting on all those platforms, you're still having to post it on all the platforms and perhaps yeah. respond and you need to you know, stay current with those platforms mm-hmm. and um, participate in the different groups. It all takes, so, it, yeah, yeah. All takes yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so for my money, the two to stay on are Facebook and Twitter. Okay, Facebook um, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the easiest two. Okay. Now that's that's those are the social media platforms. So I'll also talk about mm-hmm. using email here in a little bit. Okay. And um uh also talking about um other forms of marketing. Because it's I know okay. I said social media, but you know, they they're all really the same the things I'm going to talk about with you and with okay. the listeners. These concepts have not changed in fifty years. The medium has changed. Okay. Mm-hmm. The medium through which you deliver your message has changed, but the concepts are the same. Um, so let's talk about the concepts, the original okay. ideas. So to build off that old chestnut of if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there, does it make a sound? When I was uh, coaching actors, theater actors and film actors about their career, I would say, if an actor does a show and doesn't tell somebody about it, did they really <laughs> do it? For all intents and purposes, they didn't. They did not uh, do it at oh, all. Okay. okay. Because the people that you want to, to tell that to mm. are very busy. They, they don't have time to search out your career mm-hmm. and take that in. They're, they're too busy casting directors and directors and agents. And those people are busy working on a totally different project. Okay. So how do we, how do we keep, get their attention? The first yeah. is you have to get over this. There's a, there's a problem that we have when um, – well, it, 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 with this, this is the first. This is the first challenge you have with dealing with social media, or, or I should say, marketing and advertising. Let me back up a step. We sort of have three uh, big, big challenges involved in dealing with uh, marketing in general. The mm-hmm. first one is is um, fear, a social fear. Oh, Most okay. of us are raised as kids to say, you know, if you talk about yourself, you're bragging, and bragging is not good. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when you talk yourself up, uh, or as my British students say, bigging yourself up, which I love. That's a great phrase. To big yourself up, you know, it seems to be proud and self-centered. The antidote that for that is, you know, if you're a performer, then pretend you can act like your own marketing director. You know, mm. you have to be able to, you have to be able to view your career in the third person. So mm. you put on that okay. hat as if you've been hired. You know, I, I put on my hat and I pretend that I have been hired to promote this guy Sean Pratt and his career. <laughs> so what do I do, right? How do I position okay. Sean for the greatest? You know, how do I position him in the market? How do I build advertising that we can use and so on? So it's really mm-hmm. about learning to step away from your ego, step away from that, for that first challenge. The, um, the second challenge that often happens is one of uh, cynicism. Um, you know, people will try marketing and advertising ideas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's funny. When I do, I do a whole workshops on marketing and advertising, and inevitably someone will throw their hand up during the Q&A and say, well, if we all do what you told us, then, you know, all these ideas won't be very special and we'll just it'll be one more level where everybody's trying to break in and using the same ideas. Mm-hmm. And my response to that is is to tell them, yes, you in theory that's correct, but in reality, if there's 100 people in this room a year from now, only 5 of you will still be doing the techniques I've just taught you. Mm-hmm. Because right. people get lazy. <clears throat> they get I should say cynicism rather. They'll try it for two months, three months, six months, maybe even a year, and either they won't get any response or they won't get the response they wanted. Or expected. Meaning they didn't – or expected, yes. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so they say uh, – sorry, I'm sipping my tea in your ear. That's there. okay. Apologize. Take your time. Um, <laughs> Sip your uh, tea. It's okay. They uh, <laughs> So they <laughs> – what they have to do is they, they get – uh, cynical about it, and they say, "Well, to heck with this," and then they just toss it, toss it, and stop. And the problem is, is that they go back to doing what they were doing, which was nothing, and mm-hmm. so they go right back to, to always, you know, being frustrated with their careers anyway. Yeah. So the way to get over that is to understand that marketing, once you start, isn't it never stops until you leave the industry or die. <laughs> okay. So, you know, once you start down this road, you can't stop because. Okay. Because to stop means you, you well, it, it, it has negative effects. People forget about you. Mm-hmm. They stop thinking of you, right? And so you have to learn the techniques and refine them and, and so on, and you just have to stick with it. Um, you know, I've had students who initially, they hit this wall of cynicism, and I have to mm-hmm. yell at them to keep at it. And sure enough, two, months, two, two or three months down the line, suddenly they, they land a book. And then wow. you would think it was, it was Christmas or something. You know, they were... I'm so sorry I doubted this. I'm like, look, you have to commit to it. There's a reason why what? McDonald's still advertises. They don't want what you are to some of, what, Sean, what are some of the things somebody might say to you when they're at that point of giving up? It's usually the cynical thing. of, I've been doing this for six months now, and I haven't heard, you know, nothing's happened. No one's contacted me. No one answers my, my emails. No one has responded to my posts. Um, you know, it, this is just a big waste of my time. And what I say okay. to them is like, what else were you doing? You know, okay, let's go with your – I said, like, let's go with your plan. What is your plan? And there's always silence on the other end. And I said, that's what I said. <laughs> I said, if my, if my plan only raises your odds by 1%, that's still better than your plan. 
it's still better. Okay. So what it, so what is I, the? I, I'm sure you're probably going to get to this, but mm-hmm. what? How long sh- should a person give it for somebody to actually contact them, answer their there is email? No, there's no answer to that. There is there's no answer. No answer. Because okay. I'll tell you why. This this gets to a fundamental misconception about what people think about marketing. If you if you've not worked around it in advertising or public relations or anything like that, if you haven't been around mm-hmm. it, most people think of marketing and advertising like the analogy i use is like planting a flower garden so for every Mm -hmm. seed you plant you're going to get a flower every Mm -hmm. email should get a response every post should get a response it doesn't work Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. marketing is taking a handful of seeds and chucking them into a field on a regular basis just every you know so once a month you go out there with a handful of seeds and you chuck them into the field and then eventually right Mm -hmm. it's a scattershot approach and then eventually a flower pops up. But mm-hmm. you will never know when it's going to pop up, nor will you ever know from which handful it came. Okay? You just have to be open and ready for that. Right. But you have to mm-hmm. keep going out there to chuck the seeds. Have, have to keep going. Right. So the mm-hmm. last, the last, and that leads to the last problem. The last okay. problem is laziness and procrastination. You know, mm-hmm. I, I force my students when I'm working with them to create certain marketing things and to do certain uh, social media activities, and I check on them when we have our meetings. I actually mm-hmm. look at their Twitter feed and their Facebook page. <clears throat> have you been tweeting? Have you been doing this? And you know, if they haven't, then I read them the Riot Act. I'm like, I don't want to hear you complain that you're not getting any books, and I don't see you on social media. You know, I, the, right. and you can do other, and and that you know, and so it's all, it's just a, it's also a learned habit. You know, when I post, I try, and I'm not perfect. Some days I forget, or sometimes I'm swamped or sick. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, I do my social media posting in the morning after I have checked my email. You know, everybody checks their email in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. You right. sit down in your, your P, in your PJs with your cup of coffee and your, or at your desk or whatever, and you, you go through your emails, and you're there already. You're online. Mm-hmm. So the thing to do is that's the moment to go, what do I want to talk about today online? All you need is one good idea. That's it, mm-hmm. one good idea. And um, uh, if you have that one good idea handy, you can post it on all the different platforms beyond Facebook and Twitter if you decide to. So, and I'll talk about those in just a moment. But the idea is that that all becomes right. part of your ritual. The ritual okay. is check the email, do my posting every morning, no excuses. Mm-hmm. And then okay. it's done, and you can go about your business. But it's that it's 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 creating that new habit, and a lot of people, there it's a very you know oh yeah I forgot to post the last week last week what about today? Mm-hmm. So those three those three obstacles are I found, you know the 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 cultural aspect cynicism and laziness, are the three things that I found that prevent people from actually carrying out these ideas. Not the and it's not that the ideas don't work they've worked forever, and they still do. It's those three things that really sabotage their efforts. So what could be some ways to help people along with that sabotage? Okay. So the first thing we have to do is build, basically we have to build our marketing materials first. Mm-hmm. You need things handy. And that, of course, okay. means uh, building a website. Okay. All right. Even if it's just a landing page. And for a lot of narr- uh, narrators here in the United States, you know, I tell them, 
uh, if they're new narrators or just getting started, they're usually on acx.com. That's Audio right. Creative You're Exchange. Okay. Mm-hmm. We talked about that last time. It's um, it's uh, owned by Audible, which is owned by Amazon. And that landing page for them can become their de facto website if it's done correctly. And so I walk them through um, you know, the best way to create a demo, how to explain the demo. We talk about there's four tabs on their page. One is for demos, one is for a biography, one is for credits, and then one is for awards. And mm-hmm. so what I do is, uh, so for the demo, my usual go-to for my students is you get five but no more than six demo options for your page. No more than that. Because if you put up 25 different demos, no one in their right mind is going to listen to those. Mm-hmm. Right? The quantity of advertising reduces the quality of it. You have too many options. Mm. Okay. You, know, it's, it's, you know what it is. It's like when you go onto Netflix and there's just too many options. You spend 20 minutes looking at like you can't decide which movie to watch. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens with these demos. And then what happens is that the one, that's, the one demo that's really good is mm-hmm. buried among the ones that are mediocre. And, you, and, of course, they have no way of knowing that unless they were to listen to all of them, and they don't have time. So now, I if I could is, interrupt, I'm sorry, yeah. just one second. Yeah. Is there a charge to be a member of ACX? And no, be able it's to absolutely build? free. Okay, that's important. Absolutely free, yes. And do they require, um, you that, you, they require that you have already a published audiobook? No, it does not, but it does require you have a working professional studio. Oh, okay. Meaning you oh, have the good. equipment, you've built some, you know, you've created a studio, or you're working mm-hmm. out of a studio that is of a certain okay. quality. Okay, because if you get a book and you work through ACX, they they need to hear the sample because if the sample isn't up to snuff, they'll reject the book. Okay, okay. so it precludes that notion. So, um, you know, it precludes that you have uh, a, a booth with the basic equipment and a professional grade so that you can actually record quality material. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so the demos, what I tell my students is pick – specific genres. Now, if you want to play both sides of the field, fiction and nonfiction, it depends on what your strength is. Let's say you're, for most narrators, their strength is fiction with some nonfiction in the background. So I tell mm-hmm. them, do a four-two split. Four pieces of fiction, two pieces of nonfiction. And then we go with what their strengths are, depending on their voice and their, their age and their style. Mm-hmm. Then we, you know, one person it might be young adult and young romance. Another person it might be noir fiction and and zombie stuff. I have, you know, mm-hmm. it just depends on what what their voice fits, because mm-hmm. certain voices fit certain genres better. Um, and then the um, my go-to rule with the, my demos, uh, they run three to five minutes long, and which is obvious per per sample. Because this is long-form narration. This is very different from commercial VO. Where right. You have 10-second little snippets. Mm-hmm. We need to hear you tell us a story. Mm-hmm. And so that leads into the idea is that in that three- to five-minute sample, you tell us a little story that has a beginning, middle, and end. Mm. So that's why I say you look at the beginning of a chapter or at the end of a chapter because those are natural because you've got one end, one end of the story already taken care of. So, for mm. instance, if we were, let's say we want to do a, a mystery, and mm-hmm. we come, we find a bit at the end of a chapter where the hero drives up to the creepy house, sees somebody in the window, 
slams on the brakes, jumps out of the car, kicks the door down, pulls his gun out, looks around, door slams, lights go out. Mm-hmm. Well, there we have it, beginning, middle, end. So mm-hmm. that might take three minutes or it might take five minutes and ten seconds. But the point is is that we've got that as a story. Also, the story, the demo, does not have to be abri- uh, unabridged. You can abridge it. Nobody, nobody's going to know. They don't care. They're just listening for your storytelling ability. Also, you can use, yes, you can use copyrighted material because you're not mm-hmm. selling that demo for money. Right. This is a well-established, it's well-established within show business. It's no different than my film reel that I send out to producers with snippets from the movies I've worked on or me mm-hmm. doing a, a theater audition from a currently running Broadway play. It's understood within the industry this is for audition purposes only, mm-hmm. right? Um, this, that question comes up a lot on message boards. Um, uh, and I have never, and I, I underlined the word never, in 30 years of working in show business. Uh, has it really been 30 years? Wow, almost 35. I know. Uh, I've never heard of a performer being uh, you know, sued or, or have a lawyer's letter land on their desk because they're, you, you know, their demo or something like that. It's understood within the industry itself. Okay. Try to That's put a that good around. point. Okay. And so you have these six different demos on your demo page. Then you have a biography on the bio tab. And what I tell my students is create something that's about 50 to 100 words long. All right? It should not be, I will work really hard making your audio book sound more gooder. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't want that. I want something like, you know, after getting his master's in economics, Bill decided to take a journey across Nepal where he discovered audiobooks on the way. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, he, he's been doing theater for this long, and uh, when he's not recording, he's walking his two basset hounds and gardening or something like mm-hmm. that, a little slice-of-life bio. And that's a little interest. Like, here's, this is a little – it's a different side of, of our narrator. It has a light touch to it, hmm. you know, it's something that you would do in a, almost like a little snippet on a puff piece. You know, you gave my bio at the top of the show, but that was mm-hmm. much more professional. And, yeah, I could use that too and have, but I would end it maybe on a personal note. You know, Sean is an avid swimmer and bicyclist who, you know, loves to play Civilization by Sid Meier and has a fondness for Beatle records or something. Those little touches what, just give you – Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying those little touches, they show another side of you as a person. Hmm. And it, it just, you know, it's it, in our business, you're hiring a personality. And it's hmm. nice to, to sort of let the listener or the potential publisher or author know a little bit about you. Now, you uh, you worded it in the third person. So are you recommending that yeah. that's how people should read their uh, write their bios in the third person? Um, they can, they, you know, they really, it, either way, whatever you feel comfortable with. Some people feel more comfortable writing about themselves in the third person. Mm-hmm. And somehow that detachment makes it easier to do. It allows them to be more maybe informal or humorous. So it's really just either way is, is fine. Okay. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> and then, under credits, it lead, that leads to something which is one of the a standalone piece of advertising that I make all my students do, hmm. which is mm-hmm. what I call the narrator's resume. So it's very much structured like an actor's resume. So you create, you actually make it on a document, and I call it the master resume because it's an archival. It's like a CV. 
you know, so you'd have your contact information at the top, like you see on an actor's resume. And then you begin to break down your credits by genre. So you'd have mm-hmm. fiction, and then under fiction, it might break down to thrillers and mysteries, young adult, romance, and so on. And then under nonfiction, you might have self-help, business, religious, and so on. I also make them have a category for any kind of education, uh, whether they've taken workshops. Say they took some workshops with Pat Fraley or Scott Brick or Carol Mondo. Put those down there. Have they coached with somebody like uh, Krista Lewis? Put that down mm-hmm. there. Um, okay. And then also under education, it's good to put things that don't relate to narration. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, one of my students is a lawyer. So he puts that down there, and he was able to nab a book that was a, a legal thriller because he mm. understands all the courtroom jargon, you see. Mm. So mm. you so you want to list all this information. And then lastly, you would list uh, your studio equipment so they can actually see that you have professional-grade equipment that you're working with. Mm-hmm. So you create this document, and you keep it on your, your desktop. Over time, as you move forward in your career, that becomes mm-hmm. a multi-page document, but it's archival. Mm. Well, um, then you take a portion of that, and you would put it under the credits section. You would upload the information into the credits section on ACX. So there's your resume. And, you can, of course, you can update that as time goes forward, maybe every six months or whatever. Now, what if a person hasn't done any narration? How would they handle the credits section at that point? They would, well, I would say look outside audiobooks. Maybe you've done – have you done other kinds of voiceover? Have you mm-hmm. done documentary voiceover? Have you done anime or um, you know, TV and radio spots? But if you have absolutely no voiceover experience, then you need to leave it blank. Maybe put down your regular education and your equipment. You know, I always tell you know, college students when they say, when they get to New York or L.A. and all I've done mm-hmm. is all these college mm-hmm. things, and I say, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. You and me and Denzel Washington and... Meryl Streep all have something in common. When we first started, we had zero credits. And then we got the first mm-hmm. gig. And then we got the second gig. So don't be ashamed of that. But don't, you know, don't lie. Don't pretend you've done stuff you haven't. But don't, don't let that be a barrier. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you know, there's other ways we, when we talk about work. You know, if you're looking just to get the experience, there are you know, volunteer websites out there like Ex Libris and um, uh, Learning Ally. These are volunteer organizations that do audiobooks for visually impaired people. Mm-hmm. And you can do audio, and it's, like I said, volunteer, so it's free. But you're going to do an audiobook. Well, that's an audiobook you can put on your resume. Okay, yeah, that's a good tip. And Ex Libris is, how, how do you spell that? It's, uh, I think it's E X L I B R I S. Dot org or dot com. They 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 record books in the public domain. Okay. Um, you can reach out to them. It's no different than when you were, you know, when I got to New York as a young theater actor, you know, working in Queens in some church basement for no money doing a play. I needed the credit. I needed the experience. You know, that's that's yeah, welcome and, to show business. And then and the other one was was learning ally. Yes, Learning Ally is a it's a national organization. They're located in Washington, uh, New York, Chicago, and L.A., and they are starting, as my understanding, they are beginning to work with narrators with home studios. 
Oh, great. So you you would contact them, send them a sample, and open a dialogue, and then, and they do everything from books to textbooks. You know, you, it's they're just recording material, but you need the experience. So that neither of these um, websites are going to pay. No, these are totally volunteer. Okay. But All once right. again, I tell you, you need to think of it like doing summer stock theater. Nobody gets out of college and goes to Broadway. Nobody but leaves college point, and then yeah, you know, and starts pulling the check. But your point was that then you have actual samples and you can say, "I have done audiobooks." Yes, that's the point. Okay, because nobody's going to ask you how much you were paid. Right. <laughs> it's about the it's about the credits on the resume. So would so you recommend last, oh, that they would ahead. you recommend that they not put put Ex Libri um, or Learning Ally down as as a, no I, no is the book is a book okay I mean, trust me I've done books I've done books for publishers I, that I go really they spent money buying the rights to this thing <laughs> yeah, right. I'm serious you know and I'm like this was you know I can't I was like okay all right let's let's make it let's make it entertaining let's go. So no, I, I you can I don't think that's a that's a you know they I think now more people are becoming more savvy in the industry, and they understand when you start out you're not going to be working for Random House or Tantor or Blackstone. You're going to be doing stuff on ACX or books you track down yourself. You and know, at least and, it, uh, on these other on these other sites you can pick and choose what you want to <clears> read, right? Yeah, they well, yeah, yeah they'll thing. send they'll mm-hmm. send you options and you can look and and um, and and then you say oh yeah that looks interesting and you'll give it a go yeah and you're going to learn a tremendous amount about being a narrator you know the actual mm-hmm. in the trenches with it so the last tab on the ACX site is awards and recognition and that leads to another piece of marketing I have my students create. So let's let's, okay. let's go. Let's let's pretend we um, let's say we have a, a young narrator, new narrator, I should say, because mm-hmm. narrators can be any age, who's done. Let's just say ten books. Okay. So what I do is I have them create what I call their narrator review sheet. Once again, this is mm-hmm. a standalone document on their computer. It's a master sheet. And what I do is I have them. Uh, it's it's meant to be a, dis- uh, a graphics design display item. So what they do is for every book they've done, they find a thumbnail of the cover, say along the left-hand side, you know, as a column, a nice big, you know, inch-and-a-half square picture of the, uh, of the cover of the book. And mm-hmm. then to the right, they go and they pull one good quote from, say, audible.com or some source where they've gotten a review from a listener okay. or, mm-hmm. or a website or, or from the author. They could ask the author for a testimonial. The concept is known as third-party endorsement, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you may do a really obscure book, but you might have a glowing uh, endorsement from the author. You know, Lisa was an amazing narrator. She really brought this book to life, and, you know, it's mm-hmm. a self-published piece, but you narrated it, and the author mm-hmm. said you were wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that you create this document, and once again, it becomes a multi-page document. For our purposes on ACX, what you would do is I tell my students, pick – Let's say they've done 10 books. I say, pick your top four, your top four best quotes, for one for each book. So you have four books. Book one, give the title and the author, and then the quote. You know, Lisa was fantastic. Uh, Bill in Cincinnati, five stars, audible listener. Mm-hmm. Right? So you do five bullet-pointed reviews, one for each book. 
and that goes into your awards and recognition. So now you've filled out, basically you have created a website that is on ACX.com and not spent a penny. I'm mm. all about cheap. I'm all about free. You know, that is, that, <laughs> what that contains are all the essential nuts and bolts. It's not fancy. It's not sexy looking. But it's, it's got all the nuts and bolts you need so that if somebody wants to find you, look at your experience, listen to your demo, find out a little more about you, it's all right there. And you can now put that they, as a link. Are you findable on the search engines when you're on ACX? Um, that's a darn good question. I would have to say mm-hmm. so because everything is indexed by Google. Uh, I'd have mm-hmm. to say so. But the idea then is you take – so let's, let's say we create that ACX profile now. Mm-hmm. It's up and running. Or, you know, you're happy with – oh, and there's a spot there. I'm going to talk about that actually. Let me back up. Okay. There is a spot for you to put a picture. Mm-hmm. My the use the cardinal rule and generally for generally for voiceover is you never put your picture with your material because you want them to hire you for your voice and not your face. Wow, interesting. You know, really? Um, okay. Oh, absolutely. Huh. You know, I because like it or not, I've been in the room uh, with producers, and someone has pulled out somebody's demo. And it's got yeah. the woman's face on. It's like, oh, she's a little old for our demographic. Ooh. They haven't even listened to it. Yeah. Or, wow. oh, he's a little heavy. <gasps> you know. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, well, you can't That's a little shallow. Make... Well, yeah. Well, you know what? It, 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 it's, but we're, we're, we're feeding on our own internal show business biases. Oh, man. Um, okay. So what do they put there instead of a picture? Okay. You, you had well, a logo? Generally speaking. Um, I would say yeah. put some, you know, uh, you can leave it blank if you wish. Mm-hmm. The second option is if you have a logo, put your logo there. And a third, and this is only for a small sliver of VO talent. Yeah. If you happen to actually look the way you sound, and that's, a, that's something that you should <laughs> check out with other people before you do it, mm-hmm. then, then put your picture up there. But the picture needs to be mm. a good picture. It can't be... You know, it can't be something where someone you took a selfie in the bathroom. Let me give you some examples. I have a student. Um, I have a student. uh, He's an American. He lives in uh, Buenos Aires mm -hmm. in South America, in Chile, and um, Brazil, rather, excuse me. Um, And he does a ton of erotica and romance. And he sounds – do you know the actor, the British actor Jason Statham, the transporter guy? I'm, I'm sorry. He's I don't. a hunk. He's this hunky dude with a. He's a, he's got he's 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 always got a bit of stuff. He talks like this. He's like okay, right. You know, he's got that really sexy, gravelly voice. Well, Eric, my student, sounds just like this guy, but he sounds like an American version. Uh huh. And so we're I'm working with him. He's getting himself whipped up into shape, and he's going to have some headshots made that reflect that kind of look. He's sort of going to imitate Jason's look. With the you know mm. the open collared suit and everything and and he can pull it off you see mm-hmm. um, and that's that would be you know and so so when you see that the the concept in advertising is known as priming if I mm-hmm. see Eric and he's all sexy looking with his short stubbly hair and his stubbly beard and the suit and he's got a, maybe he's standing next to a sports car or maybe there's I don't know you know he's looking tough <laughs> or whatever a red sports but car. then you hit play. Okay. You hit play on that first demo, 
And that voice yeah. comes out, and you go, that matches. Oh, it It'd be matches. like, okay. yeah. you see, you know, it's, it's, here's the thing. When you, turn over, when you turn the engine over in a Maserati, you don't want it to mm-hmm. sound like it's a Yugo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to hear that rumble. You, you're primed by the look of the Maserati when you get in it. You want to go, boom, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to, wah, wah, right? So <laughs> there are occasions when a narrator will look the way they sound, and those are very particular. And I would advise your listeners, don't do it on your own. You know, you need to talk to some people, some people in the industry. Do you look the way you sound, or are you close to looking the way you sound? Now, what, a, what about a caricature or, you know, a drawing of you? Um, well, that that could be, you know, um, that would be sort of a that would certainly fall into the logo category to me. Yeah. Um, you know, the funny the, the thing about me, I'll, I'll use, I don't look the way I sound. Well, I mean, let me let me take that back. I I I'm, I I don't when people realize that I'm 51, and they look at a picture of me, I look a lot younger than I am, mm-hmm. and I sound a lot younger than my age. So I actually look the way I sound, but I, once people understand how old I am, they don't make the, the connection isn't quite there. The only reason my picture is up is because I'm putting myself out there as a coach. And so I, I put out that image of me in the suit and the glasses to say I'm all business. What I teach you will really work. Mm-hmm. I'm not going you know, to mess around with touchy-feely stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's about projecting the right image, just like actors do. We do it all the time, or products and services. So it's it's not something to be taken lightly. My my go-to for most people is the first two options. But every so often I encounter a narrator as my student or I'm hired to advise one and I'm like you can you look the way you sound. We need to you know put a little bit of shine on you and get some mm-hmm. good pictures made. You know, go to a professional shot, uh, headshot photographer. But we can make you look the way you sound. And and then that be, that really does become a calling card. Um, another uh, a colleague of mine, um, once again, uh, his name is A.T. Chandler. Uh, mm-hmm. Chandler does a lot of like romance stuff. And he's a rugged-looking dude. He's got a really great beard and this long, sexy brown hair, and he's about six foot four, and you know, he's got that rugged you know, lumberjack kind of look to him. And he uses that image as part of his promotion, and they just – it fits. It syncs up. Mm-hmm. So – you know, so the, so there's the picture part. Um, the last thing I would say on the ACX website before we get away from it mm-hmm. is the last thing I have my narrators do is an exercise where we try to come up with three adjectives that we think best describe their voice. Mm-hmm. So, so for you know, or or a phrase. So for Eric, it just might be an American Jason Statham. That's all he might say. He hasn't decided what he wants to how he wants to describe it yet, mm-hmm. but it you know so we might say uh, that a woman's voice, a certain woman's voice, is um, cynical, <clears throat> urban, and sexy, and if that's the, you know, those adjectives, and if she, if that narrator does lots of romance and erotica and mysteries or whatever, if that's what her voice actually sounds like, if you pick the right three words, once again, you're priming the listener before they ever hit the play button. You 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 frame their their you frame the reference, okay? And advertisers mm-hmm. do this all the time. It's called mm-hmm. positioning in, mar- in the mm-hmm. concept of marketing, because because my voice, 
when it sounds not like this, but actually when it's up and running. There are certain genres that it doesn't fit. But if I can describe my voice succinctly, then people will know just looking at those three words what my voice sounds like before they ever, you know, hit the play button. So what are what are your three words? You know, it's funny. I'm I'm in the middle of transitioning out of them. I had youthful, <laughs> optimistic, and um, uh, generous. Huh. Okay. And so um, I think my voice is it's dropped. I went back to some early recordings ten years ago, mm-hmm. and my voice has dropped uh, two notes from those recordings. It's uh, it's now, deepened slightly. How did you How did you come up with those? Did is that your invention using those three words, or did other people suggest? Oh no, no, no. I, let me just state for the record: everything I've just told you, none of it is original. It's all been out there for decades. No, um, no, I no, no, no. Every, what I mean, I, is, what I, I'm sorry. What I mean is, did some, did other people tell you this is what your voice sounds like, Sean? These no, are the what words happened you was should, a, what I was doing. I was doing a book, a marketing book. This is easily 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the author had this concept. Now, they, he was talking about a product or a service. Mm-hmm. So how do you describe your your house cleaning service? How do you describe your podcast? How do you describe – and he said the easiest thing to do is pick three mm-hmm. words, and you triangulate within those three. And I, mm-hmm. the minute I read that, I, I just stopped the recording. I was like, that is ridiculously brilliant. And that's <laughs> when I started doing it. That's when I started. So could you would you explain what what this means? Triangulate amongst the well, three. Well, you know, th- there's three. There's three of yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's three terms, and the idea is that your the essence of what you sound like or your product somehow fits right down the center of all three of those. If it's a, like a triangle, it goes right in the center. So it's not it it each term owns a third of what the essence of your product or service is. In other words, if hmm. I, in other words, if I only had if I only had youthful and the other two words didn't really go, then those mm-hmm. other two words don't really mean anything. But youthful, optimistic, and generous. That I thought I felt those three words were per, and I didn't do I didn't come up with those on my own either. I I road tested them. I had people listen to my voice and I told them the idea. So I would suggest people do this. Say, you know, and 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 set it up so. Send your friends and colleagues a snippet of your voice and say, "Yeah, give me three adjectives or give me as many adjectives as you think that come to mind. Yes. Don't overthink it. Just write them down. And then, you know, and then you can um, – and then you're going to get a lot of responses and some will go, oh, that's, that's great. That one's good. That one's good. And then you, you build down a, a list. Let's say you send it out to 20 people and you get, I don't know, 100, 100 words. And you narrow them down to 10 or 20. You send it back out. What are your favorite three, guys? You know, that's one of those, that's where having friends in the industry or or even people who just listen, you know, who have a discerning ear. And let the, let the group, let the group, you know, the mind, let the, the, the hive mind work for you in that situation. So we put those three I'm, words there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I I was just curious as to how generous um, applies to the sound of your voice. There's a sense that when I was the, the, the generous in the sense of when I'm narrating, when you listen to my nonfiction, mm-hmm. there's always a sense of, hey, let me help you out. I've got the mm-hmm. best idea in the world, and this is really going to help you. 
Come on, just stay with me. Just trust me. You're going to love this. I want to share this with you. And that was that word kept popping up again and again when I did this years ago. And it's probably mm. going to stay. The youthful part is probably is the one word that'll have to be switched out because, you know, I may kid myself and think I still look like I'm 30, but I don't think I look like 30 anymore. So it's time to move on to something more mature, I suppose. So I need to find a better adjective than youthful. Okay, I've got I've got a few for you. Okay, if you want to hear my away. soothing? Oh, thank you. Soothing, Sean. Relaxing. Mm. You have no idea. Cheerful, <laughs> clear, melodic. You see, and see? and. And those are per- yeah, and so they all fall. And so, I would take your words, and I also ask you know this person and that person, and I start to amalgamate them. Okay, I, I got another one. Hyp- I've got another one. Hi- hi- hypnotic, because <laughs> when I say that you're relaxing, you're not boring. You know, because there could be relaxing to the point of falling asleep. I am not talking sure. about that. You sure. have a very soothing, hypnotic. You could say entrancing sound that makes somebody want to listen further. So you're interesting also. Oh, so, good. That's what my mom go. said. So, you know, well, that's what moms, moms, that's what moms, moms are said. always right. That's right. So there we have go. all these pieces, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's why I think ACX is an amazing vehicle because it's free. Yeah, and all I you like have to that. do is put the right information on. Yeah, I love free. Now, granted, Eventually, you're going to want to have a website, and, but those, those come in all shapes and sizes. And in essence, your website is just a fancier version of the ACX site with more pictures and bells and whistles. And that allows you to hone that image you know, a little, to be a little sharper. Mm-hmm. You know, now you have visuals. Maybe you go ahead and use your picture throughout the site. Um, and that, you know, all those things are branding issues. But right. you get started. And if you don't want to spend any money, go to ACX. Mm-hmm. Now, getting back to the narrator's resume and the yeah. marketing, right? Now you've created two fundamental pieces of marketing you can use when you audition. So I wanted to turn really quickly. I don't even know what time it is. How long have we got? I, I, want, I know we have some people want to call, but I just uh, we've got we've got, um, we've got one caller. Okay, so we'll far. go. Let's keep going then. Okay. And we're not forgetting right, you about you, caller. So That's right. yeah, it's ten of seven. Okay, so we've got, we've got an we've got an hour and ten minutes, just about. Good, good. I got a lot okay. to tell you. All right. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about how we use these things. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to give you the the quick and dirty about how to use them. Whenever you're putting in an audition for a book, mm-hmm. the idea is that you include with your your demo a crafted version of your resume and your review sheet. Now, eventually, you're going to have so many credits or enough credits that you can become discerning. So, for instance, if I'm auditioning for, um, let's say I'm auditioning for uh, a thriller, well, then I'm mm-hmm. not going to put my nonfiction credits down on that resume. I'm going to stick with fiction. And, um, and that will also correspond to the, the uh, reviews that I include in the review sheet. And what I tell my students is your, your resume, when you send it electronically, should be um, no longer than two pages, as if you were to print it out on front and back on one page. And the same goes with your review sheet. You don't mm-hmm. want to inundate them with a ton of information. Once again, the quantity of information can overload the quality of the advertising. 
Because okay. your resume is a piece of advertising. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So, it, you know, this happens a lot because, like with with actors, we have to put all of our credits on the back of our photo when you actually mm-hmm. hand one of those in. And I've seen resumes that were just ridiculously filled with information. You know, eight point font that they're unreadable. And so, once again, the quantity of the information. And the other term in in graphics design is it's it's too noisy, meaning there's mm-hmm. so many images on the page that I can't decipher what I'm reading. So keep mm-hmm. it succinct. So if I'm auditioning for a thriller, I'm only going to put fiction, my fiction credits on my resume, and I'm only going to use fi- you know uh, fiction reviews. And if I've done other thrillers, obviously, those reviews and those credits are at the top of the resume and the review sheet, respectively. So you want to put, just, right. to, just to recap, you want to put the credits and the reviews that are specific to that thing you're auditioning for, to that genre, right? right. Eventually, okay. eventually. Because, you know, when you first start out, mm-hmm. you've, got, you've done five books and they're all over the place. Okay, fine. Just put all five down. You need to show them. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and and that's fine. But eventually you can begin to, you know, pull stuff off. But you always keep that archival version of each one on your computer. So then you can Mm -hmm. cut and paste. So in other words, you're you're creating from scratch a resume and review sheet for every audition you do. Okay. It only takes a few minutes. And then you include that with your demo. Now, I wanted to talk about uh, going on to Amazon, because Amazon really is the place to go if you're going to go outside ACX. Oh, okay. So so what happens here is I always encourage my students, I say, pick a genre you like. So let me, um, these are real world examples. I have a student, uh, he lives in Dothan, Alabama, and he sounds Mm -hmm. like he is from Dothan, Alabama. He's never going to lose that accent. Now, some okay. people might think that's that's a, a minus, but it's not. Now, I think your your voice and your accent is neither plus nor minus. It's all about context. So, mm-hmm. Ken, what what Ken does is he goes onto Amazon and he bookmarks certain word searches in the uh, the, the the book category. So he looks up things like books on the Civil War, books on the Civil Rights Movement, Southern history. What he's doing is he's, he's taking his accent and looking for books that geographically take place in the South. Mm-hmm. So he's turning his accent into a plus. Mm-hmm. So, so let's, let's pretend he's going to uh, – he, he does a bookmark on um, – let's be, let's be fairly specific um, – uh, Robert E. Lee and the Army of Northern Virginia. He types that in. So thousands of books come up. Okay, fine. So the first thing he can do is he can also categorize those. He can look. There's uh, some websites. I can't think of their names right now, but you can, you can Google and find them. Or, and even on Amazon, they show you the ranking of the particular book. Right? Huh. You get this, you know, you can see how many books or where is it ranked on Amazon, when was it published, and so on. Because obviously if a book was published a long time ago, well, yeah, yeah I say that, but um, I've had students land books that were published 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, 
So he, he pulls up this list of Robert E. Lee and the Army of Northern Virginia, and he starts going down the list. He clicks on the first book that looks interesting. He clicks on it, goes to the homepage, and the first thing he does is, is there an audiobook version? Oh, there is? Okay, well, never mind. Go back to the main list. Mm-hmm. He, then he, he, he goes to the next one. Is there an audiobook version of that one? No. Well, what's its ranking? Oh, it's way down there. Hmm. It may not be worth doing, but he'll, 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 let's say he catalogs it for further reference. But he keeps looking. So five or ten books down, he finally hits one that it's, it's selling well. It's a recent publish, and it, there's no audiobook version. Can I just okay, interrupt now gets, you one second? How do, yeah, I'm sorry, sure. Sean. How do you know? Where do you look to see if there's an audiobook version? Uh, it, when, immediately when you go to the book's landing page, to the right, yeah. you can get the Kindle version, the hardback, the paperback, and there will be a, a spot for audiobooks. And if it's blank underneath that, you know it's not been done. Okay. Okay? So you, um, now you have to put your Sherlock Holmes hat on. Your Sam Spade hat. Because now you have to track down this author. You have to track down the publisher and then find out who with that publisher deals with new media acquisitions. Right? You have to get their emails. It may require you making some phone calls. But there's Okay, let me just uh, stop you one second. So you're gonna track down the publisher and find out who with the publisher could you just repeat that? I'm sorry, what? Uh, new media acquisition, audiobooks, you know, and there may not be someone that's specific. Maybe it's a small publishing house that's only a okay. handful of people. Okay, fine. You know, maybe you, you end up having to pitch to the CEO or their assistant and their assistant, I should say. Okay, so when you're trying to track them down, are you pitching them right away or just sending, for example, an inquiry? Do you do this with an email, with a phone call? What do you recommend? Well, we're not done yet. We're just we're okay. just getting emails. We're just getting emails right now. So that All might right. mean so if you go to the publisher's website, yeah. You know, they might have a general email where you send all inquiries. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But it might also list the people, you know, like here's our crew and you tap down and you know, yeah. you know John does this and Mary does that. Okay. okay. So you assemble this list. And let's say you also find the author. Let's say we you know, you know, Billy Joe Smith wrote this book. Great. We find Billy Joe. He's got his own Website with his own email. So we track all that down. So then you create sort of a cover letter, which is the body of the email. It's basically three paragraphs. First paragraph is, hi, this is me. I'm an audiobook narrator, and I spotted your book on Amazon. Um, second paragraph, uh, I, and I would, I'm sorry, I spotted your book on Amazon, and I would love to, to talk, open a dialogue with you about recording it. Mm-hmm. Second paragraph is, Here's what I'm doing right now in my professional life. You know, I'm recording this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. Third okay. paragraph is, um, I've included my resume and review sheet for you to peruse, and also to give you a sound, uh, a hint of, as to what the book will sound like when I record it, I've recorded the first 10 minutes of Chapter 1. Wow. That's yeah. a lot, though, right? To just send off 10 minutes? No? Mm. Are you, well, not when you're recording two finished hours a day. Okay, so you're going to include the resume. You've got, you got, inc- you got to open your mind, Lisa. This isn't the this world is, of 30-second VO. This is, this isn't the, so we this don't is, live in that this world. Is, you, this is after they said they want to hear something, or no, you just take no, the liberty? No, no, Okay. No. This is, you're getting everything ready before you pull, you, before you pull the hammer. 
Okay. You've got their email addresses on you. You found those. Maybe you had to call yeah. the secretary to the receptionist, and he told you, yes, this is how you contact it, or this is where we take general inquiries, and you write that down. Yeah. You have all that information. You've crafted a resume, crafted a review sheet, recorded five to ten minutes of Chapter 1. Now, mm-hmm. you put all that together, and you put everybody – you CC everybody on the same email. Mm-hmm. And then the subject line is, you know, produce – Produce the audiobook, blah, 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 question mark, or something. Mm-hmm. Inquiry about, you know, producing audiobook for, and you give the title of the book. And then you hit send. <laughs> and then you note it, you note what day it happens on your calendar. So let's say it's Monday, mm. Monday the 1st. Mm-hmm. So you give it a full week. And if you don't hear back after a full week, you send it again as a follow-up. Just wanted to make sure you had a chance to look at this. Right. And then if you don't hear anything again, you give it another week and say, just wanted to check one more time. And if you hear mm-hmm. nothing, then you move on. You move on. But if in the middle of that you suddenly get a dialogue going with the author or the publisher, then you take it from there. I mean, the permutations are almost endless. Maybe the author, mm-hmm. you know, Bobby Joe goes, yeah, I'd love for you to do this book. And you say, great, talk to your publisher. Let's see what we can do. We can do it through ACX. It's audible. In a, you know, and you, you walk them through how to work with ACX. It's very simple. You know, what's great about ACX is they act as the middleman, the honest broker in the thing. They make sure everybody gets paid, that contracts get signed, that's, that's nobody gets thing. screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's important, you know, to, to, you know, you need to understand how ACX works before you do this. Okay, so there's a little homework involved. Mm-hmm. And, now, and also to help you with that, that understanding what ACX does, once you have your profile on ACX, there mm-hmm. is a Facebook group called ACX Narrators on Facebook that you can join. But you must have a profile on ACX to join it because the gentleman mm-hmm. who runs the, the, the group, trust me, he will double-check. Mm-hmm. And if it's, a, if it's a blank site and you're a producer or a fan hiding out, they'll find out and they won't let you in. Mm-hmm. But if okay. you're someone trying to get into audiobooks and once you're on that Facebook group, you can, it, it, there's a huge repository of knowledge that you can index there, or just ask new questions. There's about, I don't know, 2,000 members maybe? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the point is, is you're, you're crafting. This is no different than when I was a theater actor in New York. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to work at the uh, Arizona Shakespeare Festival, I just made that up. But let's say, mm-hmm. I, so I would find out their season. Mm-hmm. I'd find out who was directing each play. And I would mm-hmm. make separate submissions for each play that would go to the director, the assistant director, the artistic director, their associate, the casting director, and their assistant. That's six submissions for one part in one play. But it took some homework to do that. That's how I got work in New York when I first got there without an agent. That's how I started working in regional theater. And what, what is it I, that you submitted? Did you submit the resume the and the letter? letter? Yes. Yeah, a cover letter. Just like I, you know, like, hi, I'm Sean Pratt. I'm a theater actor, blah, blah, blah. Second paragraph, currently I'm working on, you know, me and my favorite coffee mug in Queens at the, at the, at the <laughs> shipyard players, you know. Uh, and the last paragraph is, here's my resume and uh, review sheet. And that's how it started. Good. So what I encourage your listeners to do mm-hmm. is if they don't have anything, if they're not working on a book, and even if they are, mm-hmm. at the very least, you can be sending out one audition a day. 
That's 365 auditions. It's just a numbers game, guys. This is so failed. I just want to get this straight, and I, you know, bear with me if I missed something that you said, but um, I'll just back this up a second because I've heard that some people don't want unsolicited demos sent to them. So are you well, saying now, that's, that that's you usually publishers? Sent- that's usually audiobook publishers, though. Audiobook publishers don't like unsolicited demos. Unsolicited demos, no, is that I, correct? I, don't, I, no, that's not correct because that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, know, every, the, 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 you have to go with the deep. Here's the deal. Yeah. You don't know which ones. You won't know that until you get some feedback or you hear through the grapevine. So you find out that at Audio X, they only take submissions through the mail. Then you hear that Audio Y, Audio Company Y, only takes them over the Internet or, or through email. You, okay. can, you have to ask other people. But don't make a blanket statement like that. Mm-hmm. that that's, that's, a, that's a huge mistake. You know, so, I mean, it, what, about, it, what about if you sent in your first letter, you were to say, I'd like to send you a demo. No. Let me know if you'd them. like to hear it. All they have to do is not open it. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I mean, it's that simple. You know, you, it's there in the attachments. You told them there's three attachments. Your resume, your review sheet, and the MP3. All right. And if they don't want to do it, you know, they don't have to open it, but it's there. Okay. Don't no no don't ask. It's better to ask forgiveness don't. than permission. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> this is inter- This is a good tip. Now, you were also saying you should find out first how they receive the demos by by well, asking no, you don't around know. first. No, you just no. no, not in this scenario. All right. Because you're just emailing everything in. Okay. okay. Now, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with publishers, yeah, that's when you start asking people, you know, online within your circle of colleagues. So, for instance, you hear okay. that I'm just making this up. This is not. I'm just making this up. Let's say that <laughs> Random House only takes. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just. I don't want people no. to think that, that to follow this. But let's yeah. say that, that Tantor only takes them over, through mail, and Books on Tape only takes them over the uh, over email, mm-hmm. or that. At DN Audio, you have to submit it through their website. Yeah. So the way you do that is go to the website of those publishers, and they should have guidelines that okay. tell you what they want. If they're mm-hmm. if they're an audiobook publisher, they should be smart enough to publish guidelines. Mm-hmm. Follow the guidelines. But Follow in this guidelines. case, in this case, you are reaching out to an author and a book publisher. Okay. These people do oh. not think in the term. You see. Wait a minute. I'm confused. What's okay? What's the difference between a publisher and a book publisher? Well, the, well. When I say publisher, I'm referring in this case with our Civil War example, that it's a book publisher. Now, larger publishers like Random House have an audio publishing arm. They have a subdivision. Okay. So, so like right. when I record a book for Harper Publishing, it's through Harper Audio, which is a mm-hmm. subsidiary of Harper Publishing. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if I'm, you know, if I'm going to be, if I'm looking up this Civil War book and it's done by Mint Julep Press, some little tiny publishing company in Mobile, Alabama, mm-hmm. they're not going to have a subsidiary because it's probably going to be about five to ten people or less. Okay. Yeah. So, but the, the scenario I'm going with, and what I'm I'm sharing with your listeners, is to. You know, do a word search on a category you like. Do you like mm-hmm. uh, Buddhist meditation practices? Boom, put it in there. They all come up. 
and then work from that. So you can bookmark several mm-hmm. different searches, and you can bounce between them. So every Monday you send out an audition for a Buddhist book, and then every Tuesday you do one that's a mystery, and every Wednesday and so on and so forth. But I you, wanted to ask you also about – I'm sorry, the demo, when you send out the demo. Um, should you it's really uh, an audition. edit out think – it, Think of it more as an okay. audition in this case. Audition. Should you edit out all, all the breaths and everything? Should it be very – All right. Well, I say that. When I say edit out the breaths, what I mean is obvious sort of, you know, mouth breathing going on, that <gasps> kind of sound, <laughs> you know. But you should always have some breath. I, You know, if you take all breaths off the recording, it sounds weird. In fact, sometimes you want breath on a recording because it, mm. if, if you're doing a tense scene, you know, the – the good yeah. guys are chasing the bad guys down. You want that breath because the breath implies tempo. It implies hmm. rising action. Hmm. See, once again, this is a totally different world than commercial VO or documentary. Sometimes you want – but here's the deal. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. have to have the skill level eventually. You know, people ask me, do you breathe on the microphone? Mm-hmm. And I say, mm-hmm. if you hear me breathe on the microphone, it's intentional. And that's just a technique you learn over time, how to breathe without – making noise. He said sniffing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, see, so I would I edit that, that out. <laughs> <laughs> and that one too. All right. So, But this is a really great way because sometimes on ACX, I don't want to oversell it too. Sometimes on okay. ACX, you know, I have students come back like, oh, God, all, it, all they're offering is e-learning and porn right now. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm like yeah. okay, that's fine. This is the other alternative. But it's, what I like about this model is I stole it from my own experience as a theater actor. This is a, when you're on ACX, you are doing a reactive, uh, you're doing a reactive model of auditioning. You're waiting until someone posts a job. In the Amazon example, it is a proactive version. Proactive. You are hunting yeah. down the book. And mm-hmm. I can tell you for a fact that my students yeah. who do this, they book work. Now, mm. it may be only royalty share work, means it doesn't pay very much, but I've had them book straight up for finished hour work that pays very well. Everything's in between. Everything is negotiable. It's all about money. But you have to start somewhere. So as opposed to sitting there twiddling your thumbs, you can then be proactive and you know, go out and find the books that you want to do. And it works. I have, I have, I, I could literally spend the next hour just giving you anecdotes from my students about doing this method. Well, it sounds like it's it it works also because you're not dealing with a pool of talent compete, competing for the same job. You're coming yeah. from it's another a job direction. That no one knows exists. Yeah. yeah, maybe they yeah you they know, thought about it. But I had a student recently. I had a student recently. She she really likes. Christian romance. Mm-hmm. And so she went and she was looking through and uh, she found a book she was interested in. She, excuse me, she uh, put together the first 10 minutes, did her resume and review sheet, the cover email, hit send. Almost mm-hmm. immediately the author came back and said, wow, that's fantastic. Listen, I don't want you to do that one. I've got a new series coming out. Can you do the series? Hmm. And so she was able to finagle her way into a per finished hour rate on the series that the publisher said, okay, we'll pay for, you know, 
But what uh, what would that rate? What should people do as far as quoting the rate? That is that is oh that's a totally different conversation. Uh, well, it is because it's all about money. I mean, when you're starting mm-hmm. out, I tell my students, you should take anything they throw at you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's royalty share. You're not it, When you first start narrating, it's more important to get the experience and the credits than it is the money. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to rack up the, the experience. You need to go through and get those credits. So money is a secondary consideration in that, in that concern for the, at least the first mm-hmm. 10, if not 20 books. I know that's, that's, that can be a little bit uh, depressing to hear, but, you know, I did a lot of free theater as a young actor or working for 100 bucks a week. But those $100 jobs <coughs> led to work in regional theaters where I got paid top dollar. And you hung so in it, there. You, you hung in there. Right. So you, you have didn't to give be able up. To, yeah. No. And so I got those, and I made those connections. I got the experience. I became a better actor as a, as a consequence of it. And so, you know, that, uh, that's why you do it. So don't think of, I mean, I'll, this is a very different world than commercial VO, because you can do 20 commercial VO spots very quickly over time, but 20 books takes time, or 10 books takes time. Oh, sure, yeah. So it's a much longer haul, which is why most people, they get into it and they get out of it very quickly mm-hmm. when they see that it's going to be a much longer process than they imagined. Hmm. But as far as money is concerned, anything is negotiable. But then you're also negotiating things like proofing the book, mastering it, and so on. All those details are laid out in ACX. But that's sort of – we're starting to get away from the marketing part. I wanted to move over to oh. uh, Twitter and Facebook if that's okay. Okay, yeah. All right? Um, because the money is every, everything is negotiable. You know, sometimes they'll say, "Look, I really want you to do the book, but all I can do is royalty share," which means you're only going to get 20% of every download. Uh, maybe they do royalty share plus a stipend of $50 per finished hour. Then maybe they they move into a per finished hour rate of 100 to 200, or 200 to 400. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you just need to know that the more money involved on ACX for auditions like that, the more talent's going after it. That's no mm-hmm. different than, you know, I mean, come on, that's show business. Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing privately with people, you know, the way to start the conversation is when they say, well, yeah, we'd love for you to do it. Then you say, well, good. What, what, what kind of budget do you have? And then you open okay. that's Then that's about negotiating. That's not about marketing. That's about negotiating. And Before we go back to the, the marketing, because you said you wanted to discuss that further, I just wanted to um, – just get this clear. Did you say that if you approach authors and book publishers, you could actually still be paid through ACX? Well, the idea is that you can, here's the deal. Sometimes Uh a publisher, if you, let's say you find, let's go back to Mint Julep Press for this, this book I made Mm. up. And let's say, (laughs) let's say they offer Ken, they said, great, but we don't want to go through ACX. We'll just pay you per finished hour. We're going to pay you, uh, $200 per finished hour for this 10-hour book. So it's a $2,000 job. Now it's on him to deliver the product as as efficiently and quickly as possible. But that's his problem. Mm-hmm. That's his issue. So basically then, you know, then he, he works out, okay, give me half up front and half when I deliver the final files, and then he walks away from it. There's no residuals involved. And they mm-hmm. take that audio book and they do whatever they want. The other option is to work through ACX, which means that Audible owns the – now I'm – 
don't quote me chapter and verse here because it may have changed. Okay. That <laughs> if they go through ACX, they sign up, they sign off on Audible having the exclusive rights for seven years through their platform. But I think that's actually mm-hmm. changing. But let's just go with that idea. So if they okay. go through ACX, then the um, uh, uh, they sign away the rights for seven years for that recording, and then whatever contract they come up with, the publisher or the author and the who, or whoever is the rights holder of the book and the narrator sign an agreement. It's boilerplate language <laughs> that allows everybody to get paid, whatever the terms are that they agree to. Mm-hmm. And then ACX acts as the arbiter of that. So ACX – so in other words, let's say Ken goes through ACX and they, they offer a $200 per finished hour product. And um, so it's $2,000, and he does the recording through ACX with them, but then they try to screw him out of his money. Well, guess what? Audible won't release the recording, not until mm-hmm. Ken gets paid. Mm-hmm. So they, that's what I like about ACX is they act as the, the, yeah. the middleman. Yeah. You know, they make sure everybody is on the up and up. Yeah, you don't have to chase so, people for money or deal with that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. I so like that. So, yeah, there's a number of different ways to, to skin the cat, as, they were, as it were. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's get back to Twitter and Facebook. Okay, so just to let you know, you, we got we got four, like 42 minutes left, and we have a caller, okay. so just, just wanted okay. to let you know. That. Well, you know what? Okay, Do we want to take a caller now and then come back to it? Well, it's really up, it's really up to you. Yeah, let's do that. Let's she's he or she's been very patient, so let's take their call. Okay. I'm gonna bring the caller on. Caller, are you there? Yes, hi. How are you? Hi. Hi. Uh can I get your first name and location, please? Sure. This is Joanna and I'm calling from Virginia. Great. Thank you for calling in. So uh, do you have a question for Sean? I do. This is very informative. Um, The one thing I have been on ACX for a little less than a year. Um, I'm just now doing my second book. My first was a um, was a royalty share, and this one is actually a per finished hour. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. I was so excited. <laughs> uh, I found over the last several months that I really do enjoy doing audiobooks. That's what I prefer. So uh, I had gotten away from auditioning for several months, and I decided I'm a, I was going to go back because it's much more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm running into is when I'm submitting my auditions, um, when you're putting your message for the author or for the publisher, right. is what do I say there? You know, um, when you're submitting your audition, you 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 submit a message along with it. And hi, right. my name is Garcia. I really enjoyed you know doing two minutes of your book. Um, I talk about a little bit about what I offer. But, correct me. Can you tell me? Isn't there um, is there a character limit? The number of characters you can include in the email. There is, but it's like 2,000 words. It's all Great. big. Okay. So, so here's Long. how it works, okay? So what you do, what I would do in that situation is at the top of the email say, uh, you know, uh, it was a pleasure to audition for your, your book. If you would like to scroll down, you can take a look at my uh, – a, a, a quick look at my resume and some reviews. So basically what you're doing is you can send them 
the copy, you can almost copy and paste your resume from ACX into the email along with your four or five reviews as well. So you can include in the body of the email the text versions mm-hmm. of those things. So you can include your resume and review sheet right there in the email. So Smart. if they like what you're sound, they can just scroll down and read the information. Oh, that sounds great. Um, I, I'm always I'm getting over my shyness. <laughs> you know, cause you're not alone. You're, you're not alone. Yeah. You're putting you out there, and, and I'm normally not shy. So, um, but. And I've tried doing the um, uh, looking up the author, uh, trying to get a hold of the author. There's a couple of books that are nonfiction that I've wanted to do because I think they're very impactful. Um, I never got any response from either the the uh, author or the publisher. Mm. But I think a lot of the information you have here has I, I did not include a lot of it, so I will definitely retry. Yeah, and there's some other things I'll talk about here shortly. Okay. Um, about how to keep getting information out there to people, okay? Great. Thank you so much. No, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Hey, so I'll put you back in the listening queue unless you had any more questions for Sean. Yep, I'm good. Okay, great. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Good okay, luck. Okay, so so the, the trick here, well, let's, let's talk about Facebook and Twitter, then I want to talk about one more marketing idea as well. Um, so with, with Facebook and Twitter, the idea is you should have a professional Facebook page and a professional Twitter feed. Now you can be on Twitter and Facebook personally. You know, I there's I, Sean Pratt exists on Facebook in two two uh, in two ways. One is Sean Pratt presents, and on that page, it's only about the industry, about me coaching or my work as a narrator. That's it, right? Yeah. Um, and then I have my personal page, and I talk about anything, you know. And I get into <laughs> Facebook fights with people about everything from politics to religion to you know who like what's your favorite baseball team or whatever. And that's the difference, right? Those are two different entities. I do not have a personal Twitter feed. I probably should get one because more and more I, I want to participate on Twitter personally. But there is Sean Pratt uh, presents. You can look me up, and and that once again, that's just nothing but business related information right where i'll be so um just i mean this is a no-brainer but the personal page is going to have a different name than the professional well it should you know i mean yeah well you know like it let's let's say i let's say i wasn't a teacher so there would be sean pratt as my personal page and then it might be sean pratt vo or whatever my right you know whatever so that's the that's the distinction and one is set up as a personal page and one is set up as a business page and the same would be with Twitter. So we're only talking about your professional Twitter and Facebook feeds, okay? Now, do they charge, they charge also, extra for – I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but yeah, uh, do they no, charge no. extra to have a business feed? No, it's absolutely free. Okay. Once you it's establish – you have to establish your personal page. Then you yeah. go up to the upper right-hand corner. There's a little upside-down triangle there, and you click on it. Mm-hmm. And in the drop-down menu, there's a spot to create a page. Yeah. And um, – then you follow the instructions, and you can create your own professional page. Okay. That's very oh, straightforward. Right. And Twitter, yeah, and in Twitter, if you already are on Twitter personally, all you need is a separate email address to have a professional Twitter feed, because that's how they find you in Twitter is by a unique email address. And then is that with the same logon? Then you can access both the professional and the personal. Well, on Facebook, you can. 
But on Twitter, you have to, as my understanding, you have to log out for each one. So I, that's okay. why I don't have a personal one on Twitter. I just, I'm way too busy. <laughs> okay. Between teaching and students and recording, I, right. it's one less thing for me to do. But once again, if you want to have, be on Instagram, if you want to have two accounts there, fine. If you want to yeah. be on Pinterest, fine. But make a distinction. Do not mix the two. Now, okay. granted, sometimes on my personal page, I will talk about what I do for a living, but that's in the mix of other things. In other words, you know, if I'm doing a really cool book, I'll talk about it personally. That's great. But the distinction is on my professional page, you will never hear an opinion uh, about politics or religion or, or you know, the world views or whatever. That does not exist on Sean Pratt Presents. You know, and just like any corporation. And let's talk about what the, what the reason for that is. Well, because because then you can alienate people, you know. And there's a great quote about, was it, I think it was Michael Jordan or Magic mm-hmm. Johnson, and they were mm-hmm. talking with him about why didn't you know why does why is he more politically active through his business? And he said because, and I think he's a Democrat. He said, well, because Republicans buy shoes too, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, mm. some people some people's brand is around their political stance. Most people's right. or companies is not. Okay. And mine is not. You know, I have students who are conservative, liberal, libertarian, who are Christian, who are Buddhist, who are atheist. That doesn't matter. I'm here to work with them to make them the best narrator possible. That's the reason they've hired me, to work with them. And when I go on to talk about my work, you're never going to know how I feel about it personally on the sense of politics. It's just that's just not smart business. Yeah, it's like it's it's a professional boundary. Yes, it is. It's a it's a bright line. You know, if I worked for Coca-Cola and I start posting on my Facebook feed through Coca-Cola uh, p- political things, I could get fired. Yeah, political you or know. personal things. Personal, yeah. yeah. Just, and that happens all the time. We see that happen every other day. Just to let you know, we, do, we, have, another, we have another caller. Just to, I hate to keep interrupting you, Sean, yeah. but I just wanted mm-hmm. to let you know. So, okay, you keep so interrupting still, my show. What's going on? I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Oh, so, so do you want, well, should we take the call? I don't know. That's really up to you. Yeah, let's go ahead. Come on, let's, let's take okay. the call. All right. All right. Hold on. Caller, are you there? Hello? Is there someone there? Um, okay. Is this me? Is it you? I don't know. Is It, it sounds like it's you. <laughs> I just called to listen. I didn't realize I was... Oh, okay. Did you did you want to ask Sean a question while we have you on? Um, hi Sean, this is James. Hi James, how you I'm doing? Cover. I'm good. Hi James. <laughs> I was I was editing some audio and then I re- remembered <laughs> that you were having a show. I thought I'd call in and listen. <laughs> do you do you want me to, do you want to, do you have a question, James, or do you just want to keep listening? Um, <laughs> I really don't. Sorry. Okay, that's that's cool. If you think of something. Okay. We'll okay, if you think you, okay? of something, just press the number one on your keypad, and I'll pick up the call again. Okay. All right, I'll put you back. In, I'll put you back in the listening queue. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, James. Yeah. All right, and James we're is a back. Of mine. Yeah. Okay. He's a great guy. Um, so, so we have Twitter and Facebook. So, what do you talk about on those? Um, mm-hmm. I wrote an article, and I, I, I thought I sent it to you as a download for your. For the podcast, if I didn't, I'll send it to you when we're done. It's a short article I wrote called uh, "Using Twitter." All right, it's a 
it's just meant to be a um, a quick guideline. I've, it really, it's it's actually a stand-in. Uh, more importantly, for how to use social media, the um, okay. uh, the things that you can talk about that relate to your profession in social media. So, what we do, um, like I said, you have your. Um, uh, I'm trying to think here. You would have your. Uh, you start your day off. You're answering your email, yeah. and now you come to that question: What do I talk about now today? What's what's relevant? Mm-hmm. And that's the that's a twenty thousand dollar, sixty thousand dollar question. Sixty four thousand. Sixty four thousand. Yes. Six four thousand. I heard and that so, one growing up a lot. So. Yeah, no, so did I. Um, I never saw an episode because it was before my time. But the um, so the the so we have what to ask ourselves. What do I talk about? What do I talk about? What do I talk about? So let me. So what I did was I I sort of broke down the uh, what I came up with about ten or eleven basic ideas that you can use on social media, and you can use these on any platform. I just say using Twitter because it's convenient. It can be Facebook, it can be Pinterest, it can be Snapchat, or whatever the platform mm-hmm. will support. Okay, so I wanted to go over them very quickly with your listeners. So let's see here. I'm opening the document so I can do it, so I have to vamp a little more. The, um, the idea is that we, we start off asking ourselves um, – Okay, so we start off with asking ourselves, what can we possibly um, talk about? Because I get this a lot. My students are like, well, I'm not, I'm not doing a book at the moment. I'm not working on a project. I'm like, that doesn't matter. You can still talk about these things. Let me give you the example I use in the article. Okay. About two years ago, I did a book uh, called Real Life MBA by Jack and Susie Welch. Jack Welch, who was the CEO of GE. And uh, it was a business book. And uh, mm-hmm. Jack and Susie, they have a for-profit MBA program with Strayer University in Virginia. And they go around the world doing these big, you know, executive-level retreats where they, you know, motivational retreats for, for executives. And so for the 10 days that I was working on the book, I, when I'm working on a project, I always tweet about it. And I talked about different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And I followed Jack and Susie. The first thing I did was say, I'm so excited to be working on your book. They had selected me. I did it through a publisher. Uh, I think it was T- Tantor Media. Um, and um, they had chosen me to be, to be the narrator. And so while I was working on the book, I followed them on Twitter, and they followed me back. So every day I put a tweet out. Well, Susie at that time had 87,000 followers. <laughs> that she retweeted okay. my stuff to. And Jack, okay. wow. at that time, had mm-hmm. 1.5 million followers. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay, so I finished the book, and then that was in January. And then starting in February that year, a really f- great thing happened. Mm-hmm. I started getting inf- uh, messages through email or through Twitter from nonfiction authors who wanted me to do their book privately. Wow. I booked 14 books that year. Privately. Wow! Awesome. And that doesn't just count because the just because you posted on Twitter. Yes. Just from your Twitter. Wow. So I so I'd get an, you know so John Smith would contact me. I, I want you to do my book, How to Make a Million Dollars on Wall Street. And I always say, Where did you hear me or hear about me? Well, I've heard mm-hmm. your books before, but I follow Jack Welch. Oh. On Twitter. Yeah. So. So here's what you talk about 
Now, now, so take these ideas and you can use them. On, you have, obviously, you want to frame them for the platform. So if you're on Twitter, mm-hmm. you need to use all the little hashtags and the at symbols. Yeah, I was going to so ask you know. about the hashtags. Yeah. Yeah. You, so you, you know, so you have to be savvy with each platform. So if you're yeah. going to put it on Pinterest, you need to be savvy with how Pinterest works mm-hmm. and Facebook and so on. Okay. So the first thing you could talk about is landing the book, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I just got this book by so-and-so, published by so-and-so. I'm recording it for so-and-so. Then you can talk mm-hmm. about starting the book or researching the book, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I have a book coming up uh, I'm, I'll be doing in a couple of months called The Rituals and Doctrines of High Magic. A book was written in about 1850. Mm-hmm. It's a very famous book about the dark arts. I'm not mm-hmm. talking pull a rabbit out of a hat. I'm talking about real witches and warlock stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big, big release. And so I've been, you know, I'm going to start mm-hmm. talking about the research involved on that book when I get close to recording it to help drum up, you know, interest in the project. Hmm. So you also can talk about I've started the book. Uh, and then uh, the next thing is, of course, while you're recording the book, like I did with Jack and Susie. Um, and while you're recording the book, you can also talk about facts in the book. Hmm. So, you know, and I did, I did a biography of the American composer Philip Glass. It was a wonderful book. Mm-hmm. And so for the week and a half I worked on it, every day I posted a different fact that I had learned about him, and I, he retweeted it, and his company retweeted it, and the publisher oh, wow. retweeted awesome. it. Wow, okay? and you're getting people interested in hearing the book at that point probably right. too, right? And they're also seeing it on okay. Facebook, or oh, they yeah. would see it on Pinterest, or they'd see it on Instagram or whatever. Um, you also mm-hmm. might include, uh, if you have a SoundCloud uh, account, which is free, by the way, why not record five minutes of chapter one and stick it up there? Hey, you want to hear what this new great book sounds like? Here's five mm-hmm. minutes. And then you post the link in your in your update. And you could also, are you talking about also posting the link on Twitter and Facebook to everything. the SoundCloud sample? Everything. I, We're linking right, them I'm all together. Everything. Yes. Yeah, okay. When I just substitute the word using Twitter, the word Twitter for any social media platform. It could be LinkedIn. It could be okay. anything. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then let's say you're okay, let's say you're in between books or maybe you want to take a break from talking about that book. So then go on to Amazon. Go look up a review of a book you've recently done. Hmm. Here's a great review of my work on the Southern Gothic novel The Scribe by Matthew Gwynn. There's a link. <laughs> okay. Okay? okay? That's mm-hmm. on Audible. Boom. Off they go. Uh, you could also talk about an industry-related event you're going to. Hey, I'm going to the, you know, the, <laughs> I'm going to NoirCon. That's the Noir Fiction Writers Convention uh-huh. uh, in San Diego this week. Can't wait to see mm-hmm. all the, my, you know, the authors there. Or I'm going mm-hmm. to APAC in New York, which is the Audio Producers Association Conference. So you talk, or I'm going to a cocktail mixer for you know, a random house or whatever. You can also talk about this. What is the point of talking about that just to, and would you also hashtag random house? Absolutely. The point of talking about it is the tree in the forest, Lisa. (laughs) It's the uh tree. If I only only tweeted about when I worked, what if you're in between books for a long time? Mm -hmm. Then the tree falls in the forest and no one hears it. The point is, is that here's the here's the point. Yeah, what's the point? Back back in the day, 
back in the back in the long long ago, the nineteen <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> once a week, we used to send postcards out to casting people. Hmm. Once a month, even or once a month, you know. And so let's say once a month, and we're going to get to this concept soon. Ooh. Okay. But once a month, I'd mail out postcards to all the directors I'd worked with, and theaters, and agents, and casting directors, and so on. And it would be a little blurb like this. It was mm-hmm. the snail mail version of this. Mm-hmm. And so they would get my photo postcard, and there's my headshot. And so for the time they saw it, until it got replaced with something else, mm-hmm. I was at the top of their mind in the list of tall, red-headed guys. And if they happened to be casting something, or casting around for something, I was at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. That's, it's just the science mm-hmm. of attention. So if you're every, you know, I'm only you're only tweeting or posting one thing each day. That's it. I only post, I only tweet one, and post on t- once a day. It's the same piece of information, but I do it just once a day. Now, do you add so pictures when, also? Because they, yes, cause they say that you get yeah, more attention. So, so what's the picture that you're going to put with the tweet? Exactly. So if I was going, you know, the book I did, the scribe that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So when I do that yeah. posting. On whatever media, I would put a little blurb or the uh, picture of the cover of the title. Yes, those okay. things, yes. That's just good marketing. That's just basic. You know, that's no different than saying, here's what I had for lunch, and there's a picture of an enchilada. You know. Now, would idea. you ever think of putting a – can you do – I don't know if on Twitter you can put an audio file, but you can put a video. No, you or can what put, about, a link to the, put a link to okay. the audio file. That's what, what about doing? What about doing a, a video with – audio so a video of the image and with the audio or is that uh, just too much that's too much that's work too much to, it's to, really what you're doing it's not so much you don't want to overthink it okay it's not so much that you're putting in all this multi-platform stuff it's just that in that yeah. one moment yeah. when the casting director at random house is scrolling through their twitter feed and they're following you they see yeah. what lisa did on that day and for those oh. few minutes lisa is now at the top of their head Hmm. And they might go, oh, you know what? We got that thing that Lisa might be right for. Let's have her audition yeah. for that. And suddenly yeah, you get keep some out. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so you, have, you also can do miscellaneous industry-related stuff. Like for me, um, I would say, like, I'm a guest lecturer today with at Scott Brick audiobooks class at, at UCLA. You know, the mysterious world of nonfiction, the dark side of the force or whatever. And I post that. So Scott gets an update. UCLA gets an update. Mm-hmm. And that helps my brand as a teacher. Then you can also promote a book. So once again, um, maybe the book comes out and I get some free download codes from my publisher. So then I say, hey, when a free download of my recording, just post or tweet me to enter into it. And I'll give away, a, you know, or whatever. Mm. So, you know, so when you do a book through ACX, they give you download codes. So then you could contact, oh, say a podcaster that you want to impress <laughs> and say, hey, would you like to listen to the scribe? Mm-hmm. And they go, yeah, I'd love that. And you give it to them and say, well, I hope you like it. If you like it, maybe give it a you know, shout out or a review. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can also announce the release of the book the day it comes out on Audible with a link. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the last thing I would say is retweet someone else's tweet about your work. You know, um, I got one that I was a part of. Uh, I did a book. It's like, you know, 
from at Phil in Cincinnati. It might say, just spent this morning commute listening to at Shane Ryan's Slaying the Tiger on Audible.com. So far, so awesome, Tantor Audio. And you just retweet it. So take all those basic ideas and tweak them for the platform you want to be on. And there's really no excuse for not having something. Now, for my new students, the real newbies, I start them out easy. I say twice a week and then three times a week and then four times a week and then finally five. I usually don't tweet on the weekends. And, you know, I know there's a whole science about supposedly when you should tweet, but I don't really follow that. I'm like, you know, it's going to go out. I can't be that OCD about it. I'm just going to put my thing out there. People will follow me. But all those things, just it's one idea on all those platforms. You don't have to reinvent the wheel for each one every single day. Now, what if you're updating no, your your ACX page? Would that be something to tweet about? Absolutely. That's a miscellaneous, okay. that's a miscellaneous thing. Hey, okay. check out my new demos on my ACX site link. Mm-hmm. Want to hear my new want to hear my new nonfiction <laughs> biography demo link? Right. So that you could, I mean, if you <laughs> run out of things to think or to to talk about, you could always keep doing that, right? Yes, absolutely. You could put some and new it's demos. Thing, I, and it's not so much that they actually click on the link; it's that they, for that second they saw the post. Yeah, that's the point. That's, That's the, the point. point. I did a really wonderful book. If you actually want to hear a great audio book uh, about getting attention, I did a book called Captivology. <laughs> Captivology by Ben Burr, and it's fascinating. It's about the science of attention getting. It's, hmm. I'm not kidding. It's, I th- it was fascinating. It's one of those nonfiction books that I get to do that makes me sound really smart at a cocktail party because, you know, to walk through the different kinds of attention getting. It's a, it was brilliant. Um, and if you want to understand why these kinds of techniques will actually work, listen to that audiobook. I heard the narrator's pretty good too. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'll bet. Okay, so we have that. So that really is. So really, what you're doing is once a day, in the morning, you sit there and think. You look through that list, and um, uh, I'll send you uh, this article that you can post, and your listeners can then download. It's a short article. And what I have my students do is I, I make them print it up and I make them tape it to their computer on the wall. Yeah. And I, there is no excuse. There just is no excuse. It's that, and then we see this is when we run into those obstacles of either you're too shy, you're too cynical, or you're, you're too lazy. <laughs> and that's the truth. That's the truth, though. That's what's stopping people. And I just, I, I just say to them, oh, so you really like being a barista then? You still really like selling real estate, okay? That's yeah. Fine. All right, so then, you know, I don't want to hear any whinging when you come and tell me you haven't gotten a book in a month or two. These, they work. This works. It works for me. Uh, so far this year, I've booked uh, five projects privately from That's people awesome. who find me on Twitter. This year? Yeah. Wow. And, you know, and then I get to charge my, my rate that I want. I work with my pup, my producer. Who does all of my mastering for me, and you know, the work comes to you. So the last That's, the last technique and, I want to yeah. talk about in our time remaining okay. is another proactive way of staying in touch. So we've talked about this is a passive. The Twitter Facebook idea is a passive way of advertising, mm-hmm. yeah. of attention getting. It's passive because it's <laughs> it's in the mix of somebody else's day. Mm-hmm. 
The last one is an idea where you are more proactive and it's targeted. It starts with you collecting the emails, or email addresses rather, into a group. Yeah. Uh, the authors you've worked with, the people you know in the different publishing parts of the world, um, you know, producers, directors, audio casting people, publishing people, even book publishing, going back to our mm-hmm. fictitious mint julep publishing. Mm-hmm. So you collect this group of, of, of um, this pool of email names, which is no different than mailing addresses. I think you might know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I think so I do. So what you do is once a month, so once a month you, you sit down and, and you put together an email. Now you can use, you know, uh, you can do it as a group email, but you should uh, blind carbon copy it so you don't have everybody's email address, you know, there. Uh, but you, sh- my, you know, my recommendation is, uh, if the list is manageable, do each one as a standalone email, if you've got mm-hmm. the time, because then you can personalize the note. If it gets really out of hand, then you can use a mail like Mailchimp or you know Constant Contact. Mm-hmm. So you send out an email blast, as I call it, once a month. Just one. That's it. During the first week of the first month, which is a recap of what you did the previous month. Mm-hmm. So it goes something like this. Um, it would say, uh, wow, uh, you know, Valentine's Day has come and gone. February was wonderful. Let me tell you what I did. And you cut right to the chase. It's text mm-hmm. only. No pictures. Mm-hmm. The idea is that the entire email can be read in less than 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I, okay. what I tell them is you have three to five bullet points, and you tell them what you did the previous month. Now, where would you get that information, I wonder? Gee. Oh, go back and look at your own Twitter feed for the month. Twitter's mm-hmm. wonderful because you're working with 140 characters. That's one sentence. That's all. So each mm-hmm. bullet point is a sentence. I recorded such and such by so-and-so. I went to this mixer. Um, I have a brand new demo. Here's the link. Uh, you know, so three to five little bits. And then at the end, you know, uh, I hope you're doing well. Talk to you, talk to you again in March or whatever, or April, right? And that's it. Short and sweet. Hmm. And then the subject so line. So you're not, you're not asking them to come to you. They're not, you're not asking them for work or anything. Okay, well, let's back up. I don't send that to my mechanic because my, <clears throat> if I go to my mechanic, he only knows the reason I'm there is to work on my car. Mm-hmm. All right. If I send the person at Random House this email, the relationship is implied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not asking the guy at Random House to come work on my car. I'm asking mm-hmm. the guy at Random House to, to let me audition for a book. It's implied mm-hmm. in, the, in the relationship. Okay. No, I never ask for that. The whole mm-hmm. keep me in mind for future projects is ridiculous. It's redundant. When you put that in an email, it's just redundant. Because that's the reason we're having the whole conversation anyway. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, it's short, and in the subject line, you always put your full name. So like um, a quick note from Lisa Earhart. That's it. Mm-hmm. You tell them it's something short and sweet. And you, and then they read it, and it is. It's short and sweet. Hey, how you doing? February was great. 
Got a lot of Valentine candy. Hope I can run it off. <laughs> you know, here's what I did. Bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Talk to you next month, Lisa. Boom. Mm-hmm. And it's out the door. And that's it. Now, it is the electronic equivalent of that photo postcard I used to mail out once a month to all those characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so for those 30 seconds that it comes in their inbox, see, and what it does is it, it, it stays away from violating the cardinal principle or cardinal rule of being annoying. Okay. You're only doing it once a month, you see. Mm-hmm. That's not annoying by anybody's standard. And, it, and you know, these people get tons and tons of emails a day, you know. But once again, that's why in the subject line you say, you know, my, my little byline is the audio, the audio sojourns of Sean Pratt. <laughs> and they know if they open that up, it's very – and here's the other thing. By making it that small, you have allowed them to look at it on their phone. Ooh, that's a good point, Sean. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I don't why I tell them don't put pictures in there. If you have a okay. link, make it a tiny URL. You know, go to tiny URL and shrink the link down. Mm-hmm. And so for the that time period that it's in front of them, they go, Oh, Sean Pratt. And that's in the back of their head. And then if something and if the math gets done, they might go, Oh, you know what? We just got that new nonfiction title. I think he'd be right yeah. for that. Let's have, let's have him audition for that. Now, even if they never even look at your email, yes, and they see your that's subject. The, yeah, right. That's the point. Because here's the thing. Once again, yeah. this gets back to the first thing I said at the beginning when we when we were talking. Mm-hmm. This is why marketing, once it starts, it cannot stop. Because if okay. that email is always in their inbox, the first week of every month. Like clockwork. What does that say? To, what does that say to them about you as a business person? Says you're still in business. It also says you've got your act together. That it's not scattershot. That, it, that you don't go three months without sending something. Okay. Like clockwork, that thing shows up in their inbox every Tuesday of the first week of every month. This is a person who is professional, who shows up on time, who has their act together. Mm-hmm. That's the other message it sends. And then after a while, they may or may not even open it. They're like, oh, there it is. Or they might glance at it on their phone while they're standing in line at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Right? And so and, – and it has to maintain. Once again, this is always the moment in, when I do the workshop on marketing. That people go, yeah, but if you everybody listen to the program, Lisa's program, and 500 people are going to do it. No, they won't. Um, they won't. I bet you a million dollars. A year from now, five of them. Five. Yeah. And, uh, I have a, I, 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 yeah, no, I just I wanted to ask you, is it vital that you put that person's name in the, you know, in the opening well, that's, of the email? Well, that's up to you. See, that's up to you. If you only have okay. 10 people, yeah, then make it personal. But if you have to send it to everybody, you just, just do a little hi, how you doing? You know. Okay. You can keep it impersonal like that. Not, hello, everyone. You don't want to say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't do. Don't make that mistake. But the 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 uh, it, it you know I've been I've been teaching this concept for 22 years now, in one form or another. And now mm-hmm. with my narrators, and I make them do this. And <clears throat> what's always a real delight for me that makes me feel really 
warm and fuzzy inside. Mm-hmm. It's out of the blue. I will get an email from one of my students who mm-hmm. send out, you know, maybe they've done it for four months and gotten nothing. And then on that fifth month, bingo. Wow. And they send me an email like, oh, my God, I just got off of a series <laughs> or I just got a book or I just got an audition. Holy moly. And they get the book. I had one uh, student, the very first time, talk about beginner's luck, first time she sent it out, she got three books from three different publishers. This really works. That's pretty amazing. That's yeah, amazing. it was amazing. It was it was like hitting a lotto. But the point was is it works. <laughs> and everything that I just told once again, this is this is this moment when you encounter the cynicism or the laziness. It's like people can poo poo all these ideas. Or I I tried that once, it didn't work. And I'm like, then mm-hmm. what is your what is your plan? If my plan only increases your odds by one percent, it's still better than your plan. Mm-hmm. You know? It just means you have to when get off your ass. Oh, sorry, get off your. No, butt. you're living. And, no, uh, you're living proof. You're living proof of it too. I mean, it's, yeah, you know it works. Uh, I am. I'm living. I am living proof. You know what I love is to have some people on who have had tremendous success, and then I want to have some cynics on who haven't, <laughs> continue, who are not following. I'd love to have a conversation with a group there of people you've worked with. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we get the two sides. So the people who are succeeding will will say something, you know, positive to the cynics. Maybe the cynics can talk about why they're so cynical. Well, you know, it's, and I understand why you can feel that way. Show business is hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really hard. There's no, I mean, I, you know, I've been doing this all my life and it's it's still every day I get up and I look for work. Every single day. Now I'm lucky that I've, you know, I've, I have a, a work history and a reputation with clients, so they keep sending me a lot of work. Yeah, you have but repeat customers, yeah. Right. But that that's... took effort to get there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, but it all boiled down to this kind, these kinds of methods. And, and just the concepts have never changed. In, they started back in the 20th century with modern <laughs> with radio and television and mail. The concept is the same. The medium has changed. That's it. You have to craft the message to the consumer, which is those people who could hire you. But it's it's still the same. This is not this is not secret information. Now, do you when when you started to see results, did you get to a point where you maybe got cynical again? I mean, can that happen oh, no. too? Okay. Never. So what you need is your first gig. <laughs> yeah, but when you when you get the first gig from there, the cynicism can drop away. Well, no. Here's the thing. I grew up. <laughs> I grew up acting. I grew up in the theater. I started working, yeah. uh, performing when I was ten. I turned professional when I was like eighteen. And so I, you know, I, I went through the not the cynical period, just the downtrodden period, when you there's nothing that will make you feel more tiny in the world than showing up for an audition and you walk in and there's 40 other guys in that room who are all tall redheaded guys reading for the same part. Mm-hmm. You know, then you realize your mom lied to you when she said you were special, <laughs> you know? And so you have to get over that. And, and then you realize that if you're in it for the long game and you stick with these basic ideas and you just keep at it, all those 40 other guys, they all quit. And I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, and then it began, then I became, then I became the only guy like me. 
And and so what my students have learned when these things happen, that positive reinforcement, it's like, yeah, it really does work. And initially it will be a little hit or miss, like that the example I gave you of the uh, Susan, the narrator I mentioned who got three books. You know, she went the next two, three months, nothing. But then on See, the fourth or fifth month, she landed something. So she might have and had a little been, disappointment in there too, and you just have to yeah, keep going. Yeah. Right. That's that's life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't, and that's, and I understand why a lot of people get out of show business because of that stress. That's understandable. It's very mm-hmm. stressful to know that you never know when your next gift's going to happen. But that's the life. You know. But and, you're at a point even, where after, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Please go ahead. No, I mean you're at a point where you've built up your career, so you know if you keep you keep doing these techniques and you have all this ability and you have return clients, you you're pretty assured that the work will continue for you. Correct? Uh, to as 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 much as I'd like to say absolutely, I wouldn't say that because what if you know what if I don't know what if Blackstone Audio decides they don't want to work with me anymore? What if uh you know, uh, Gus Johnson Publishing that I work with all the time just made that up. But what if a Gus gets hit by a bus <laughs> tomorrow and suddenly it folds? Never, well, then you, ever, try ever. Another, you try another avenue. Right. Yeah. right. You never, but you never sit back on your loyals. You never okay. sit back on your technique. You never sit back on mm-hmm. your, you know, as, a, as, a, as an artist. You never rest on your, you know, you never sit back on your bag of tricks. You're always pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. You're always talking to people, you know. Yeah, because because here's the thing. I want to go further. Hmm. You know, I want to get. There's a couple of publishers that I have only worked with sporadically. I want to work all the time for them, because they get even better titles, and they pay more. And I want to mm-hmm. raise my profile there. Or I want to, as a teacher, I want to work with, you know, this, you know, this this group here or that group there. I want to work. You know, I mean, uh, at the end of this month, I'm going to, to London, England. Shout out to VoiceOver Network. Thank you, guys. Um, going <laughs> over there to do some workshops on audiobook technique. And going to work abroad was a goal I set for myself last year. And it was a real focus. So now I'm going to England. Well, congratulations to to on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to go to Canada next year. I want to go to Australia. I want to go to, you know. And, and those are just – you. You you should have a sense of satisfaction that you've gotten this far, but you have a healthy sense of dissatisfaction, meaning you throw your head over the the you know the, the thing about you throw your head over the fence to go get it. You, mm-hmm. you set the you set the you set the marker a little higher, just a little higher every year. Because mm. if you just sit back on your your heels, you get lazy, mm-hmm. and and then you wonder why, you know, and then you you can ride that train for a long time, but eventually. Somebody who's a little more together and a little more hungry and a little more focused passes you by. And on that note, we need to wrap this up. (laughs) Sean, thank you so much. And callers, thank you so much. Um, And Sean, you can be found at SeanPrattPresents.com. That's Sean Pratt, P-R-A-T-T, Presents.com. And I want to thank you once again. This is Lisa Earhart for TalkBox Radio, and we'll talk with you again soon. Thank you, Sean. TalkBox Radio. TalkBox Radio. TalkBox Radio.